Yeah. And so it's like that was for me when when I got those sales, I realized, you know, hey, I can do something with it. And I'm speaking like I'm Matt now. But the same thing for me when we hit the eclipse and I sold, you know, hundreds of eclipse shirts. I'm like, wow, this is great. If I can get on top of some other trends and and, and ride that way while I'm also selling these other things and you're actually making money. Because the first few months when I was paying for designers, I'm losing money. I'm using all my royalties for my other business. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. I wanted to jump in and talk about two sponsors today, Seller Lab Scope. Uh, you've heard me say it, you know, and and. You know, you're probably sitting there saying, Steve, you say this every episode. I do uh, because I believe in the product. Um, yes, uh, Seller Labs is a sponsor of my show. Don't get that wrong. However, it's a sponsor of a product that I use. So I'm kind of lucky. They pay me, and yet I pay to use the product. And the reason I pay to use the product is because it allows me to um, get better listings, right? That's what you need to do. Right. If you're selling on Amazon, you need to understand keywords and you need to figure out what are the right keywords. Um, and sometimes it's, it's confusing as heck. Why does a certain keyword work a certain way? Well, the beauty of using scope is you can pull up your competitor who's really crushing it and see what keywords they're using. That's the lesson. And then you can find a similar one and pull them up and you're going to see a pattern. And then you do that pattern for yourself and you can get those same results if you get lucky and figure out what the keyword is for your product. So take some of the luck out of it and use scope. Um, again, go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code momentum, save 50 bucks and try it and, and see if you can improve an existing listing. I think that's the best thing you can do is take one of your listings that's performing and then go and try to enhance it and see if you see an improvement. Give it, you know, 30 days or what have you. And if you see an improvement, then there's a clue that maybe you can see an improvement on all your listings. That's why I use uh, Scope. And I just think it's such a great product because I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There are much smarter people than I that have done a lot of other cool things to figure out what the keyword is and what people are searching for using a whole bunch of other techniques, and then you get to take advantage of it, and it's really inexpensive. And again, you're going to save 50 bucks. So sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code momentum, save 50 bucks. Second one is Karen Locker, and I talk about her a lot. Um, right now, they're reconciling a shipment, and uh, they're sending me notes, Steve. You have to send in receipts because that's one of the big hassles now. I've got to send receipts to prove that I bought this stuff so I can get my you know reimbursement. And her team is all over me, like, Steve, this is your third request. That's the kind of service sometimes I need. I've been traveling these last few weeks extensively. I kind of need somebody else. Yes, I could have somebody sitting in my office doing it, but that would be a full-time employee, and we don't want any full-time employees. Um, just my wife, my son, and I. And so anyway, um, that's why I have members of my team in different areas, and I don't want to have to manage them. You know, I know Karen uses some VAs, but I don't want to have to manage that team. And so she does that, and her team does that. She's got team leaders and stuff, and they've been doing it for me for me and my wife for, I don't know, two or three years. And we've been very, very pleased because the money they save me, the refunds they get me, the reimbursements they get me, the fixes when I'm on the road and, hey, this isn't you know correct, and they can fix it, or I have a question. That depth of knowledge that I get uh, from Karen because of her experience is so worth the price. So it is um, solutions for e-commerce. So the, the word solutions, the number four e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. Okay, so use that code solutions for e-commerce 
com forward slash momentum it's going to save you fifty dollars and fifty dollars a month is a, is a lot of money and what's really cool is she's going to do that inventory health report that i talk about if you've not done one you should you know i mean you're getting a clue every week when they tell you your inventory health report but if you want to dig deeper and again if you don't want to do the work that's the beauty she's going to send you a spreadsheet and then you can parse it and slice and dice and then send it back saying hey kill this stuff refund this donate this blah 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 that's what i do and I don't have to go through and do the work. And, you know, it's just important to have a person on your team you can trust. And, again, I've been paying for the service for two and a half, three years. I have to ask her how long it's been. And I'm very, very pleased. I uh, would think of no one else to be on our team but Karen and her team because of what they've done. I look for consistency over time. You've heard me say that. And I've gotten it from Karen. So solutions, the number four, ecommerce.com forward slash momentum save the 50 bucks get your inventory health report get 2019 in order and start this new year off right it's gonna be a great welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast this is episode 374 jay bain um this is jay's third visit to the show and the reason i wanted to have him back is um jay (laughs) gave himself permission and there's a couple things he says in this episode that really i hope are going to help someone who's sitting there trying to make a decision. Because I see a whole bunch of people like, man, can I really do this job and leave my job? It's like they're running away from something. And if you're in a place that you got to get away from, of course. But Jay has perspective and didn't leave his job. That's the, I'll give you the, I'll give away a little bit of the punchline. Um, and wait till you hear what it allowed him to do and what happened and what it pushed him past. And there was a change. He had a different perspective, and hence the reason he stayed in his job. And so I think if you have a different point of view sometimes, you might help you make a better decision. And I just want to help you um, with no cost, no expectation, and just see if that might help somebody make a better decision. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. I'm very excited about today's guest. He's a three-peater. Um, I had to bring him back. But we were reminiscing, and it was two plus years ago, the last time I had him on. And prior to that, it was almost four years, three, you know, going to be four years. And I'm so fascinated um, by what he's done because I get to follow him. But the decisions he's made and where that's taken him. And I think there's value in those decisions, making those decisions, looking at the long play, looking at where at least the next five or 10 years you are going to be or want to be. And so sometimes you have to pull back a little bit to, to get it to where you want to be. I think that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm saying a whole bunch of words, but I just think there's a lot of value in that. Jay Bain. Welcome back, Jay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me again. Well, Great yeah, to be on again. I, I circular discussed that, but you get what I'm saying, right? Is that yeah. sometimes you've got to look, hey, where do I want to be long-term, but where am I going to be the next five years? Because you got young kids, right, or younger kids. Exactly. And yeah. you've got to say, boom. 10 and 14 girls, yeah. yeah. 10 and 14-year-old girls. And they're only going to want you in your life, in their life, in a meaningful way for a shorter period of time now, especially. Then they're mm-hmm. going to do their thing, but then they're going to want you again. And so you, you, the right move is to consider that stuff, right? Not give, you know, 100-hour work weeks and never be part of their lives, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to make the right decision on what's best for you and what's best for your family, you know, and and just get away from that that FOMO, that fear of missing out where you're looking at what everybody else is doing. Oh, wow. So-and-so started a million dollar business and, and whatnot. But that that's doesn't fit within my lifestyle, the kind of hours that are required 
to put in and the type of resources you put behind it. I mean, you know, the people that are making the big money are the ones that have scaled and have hired, you know, a few employees or dozens of employees and, and doing like what you're doing and, and renting out, you know, big warehouses and all that. And I think that's great if that's fits within your lifestyle, but that doesn't fit within my lifestyle and within my full-time job hours. But doesn't it mean you failed? I mean, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this conversation for the last couple of weeks, and I've been thinking about that. You know, Jay, you failed. You're not the million-dollar seller. You're not full-time <laughs> in the business, right? No, but I'm serious. This is a serious point. Is sure. You were supposed to leave your job, run away from your job. That's what most people are doing, running away right. from that because they believe that's the evil thing in their life. And then— mm-hmm get to this and then this was going to be easy because you see the people selling seven figures and they make it look easy because they're only telling you the good news. And I'm not criticizing anybody because there are outliers that just, that do make it look easy and they are doing it easy. But real people like me, like Steve, I'm talking about, (laughs) who's still a part-time seller. So don't say I'm I'm not that guy. I have a big warehouse, but I'm only a part-time seller. I only have part-time revenue because I only want it, but that's me. But but my point is, is that you failed because you didn't make it as a full-time seller giving up your job and committing your life to this. That's what would be written. (laughs) However, (laughs) we would both say that's absolutely not true. And people need to understand that. Total bullshit. Yeah. All right. Go there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, people could say that. And, uh, you know, there was a time when I, when I ran scanner monkey Facebook group and, you know, I, I was never comfortable with the title of guru. I didn't want people to look to me and say, you know, let's do exactly what he's doing the same way in the same fashion and we'll make good money. And I made good money doing Amazon FBA. Don't get me wrong. Uh, doing it part-time around a full-time job. And there was even a couple of times when I thought about, you know, yeah, what, you were close. what if I did, yeah. What if I did like, you know, triple or quadruple my income and I could quit this job. But when I started thinking about it, it's like, I've got, such a great job. I sell wine. I sell spirits. I have great connections in my local market. And now I cover the state of Texas for the winery that I work for. And, you know, that's, that's valuable to me. And I have a free company car and I have free gas and I have a free phone. I have all these things that are paid for that, you know, you don't even, people don't consider that when they look at their salary, but that's, you know, it's cost money every month. And so I've got all these things and I get to go on all these really cool trips to Napa Valley, the wine country, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, uh, Mexico on incentive trips. Uh, you know, I have fun at what I do and it's taken me 23 years to get here. Now, you know, some people, they, if they, they're in a job, that's a grind to them. And it's like, they don't have flexibility and they work a hundred hour weeks at their full-time job. My life's not like that. Now, when I started in the wine industry, heck yeah, I, I actually, (laughs) a big portion of why I was divorced before is that my wife couldn't deal with the crazy hours I was working during the holidays. You work seven days a week as a sales rep at a grocery store. You don't get a day off. You're in there on Saturdays, humping cases, Sundays, writing orders for Mondays. And you're just working like round the clock because that's when you get half of your salary is during like October through December. We call it O&D, whereas, you know, in our current business, we call it Q4. But anyway, so it's like that was that was a struggle. Like I would have gladly given up that job, but I had a plan. I knew I was going to go on to the supplier side, which is where I am now. And then you have flexible hours. Yeah, some days you're, you know. I'm hosting, like last night, I hosted a wine dinner down in uh, Pearland, and it was, I got home around midnight, uh, 
And I had, I mean, I had a blast. I had a five course meal. I drank good wines. I met new friends. I mean, not everybody can say that about their job. So I don't consider it a failure to continue to do something that a, I enjoy B pays the bills and, and C, you know, provides all the benefits that I get. I'm happy to continue to do that. And quite honestly, I was surprised, you know, this, let's see, it was a year and a half ago that they promoted me from the local market of Houston to all of Texas. But I've been pushing that off for so long because I didn't want to do the travel. I didn't want to do the day because my kids were so young. I felt like I needed to be here. But now that my daughter's 14 and my wife's not doing the kind of travel that she used to do, it, it works. And now ultimately, that's what it's all about. You have to do what's right for your lifestyle. And Was so it, it all within my hours. I'm listening to this. It sounds like there was a point, though, in your mind that the switch went from, I've got to leave this, I've got to run away from this, because that's what it always feels like, you're running away from something, mm -hmm. until accepting and saying, wait a second, my perspective is wrong. I've got it made. I've got the dream job that everybody, because I'm sure you've heard it a million times, like, oh my God, yeah. I would want to do what you do. I can, you know, and they don't have the personality <laughs> you do, right? But yeah. I, I'm just saying, though, there. what was the switch that turned that almost gave you permission to say, wait a second, life is really good. What the heck am I doing running away from something? What Do you remember what it was? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a, a big portion of it happened when I switched uh, positions because I've I've held a lot of roles within the company I'm with now. I've worked with the same company. I've been in the industry for 23 years, and again, it's like people. You're right. People do say, "Oh, you have the dream job." It's like, yeah, I get to go talk with chefs and drink wine. I host dinners. I go on nice trips. You know, they don't see the quotas you have to hit at the end of the month like a used car salesman. But you know, that's that's part of the fun for me too. That's part of the. I love that pressure of the month in. Let's hit the numbers, and then you hit it every month, and you're like, yeah, let's do it again next month. And but the thing that was the switch for me is when I went from working back to crazy hours again. Because like when I was a distributor, when I was a sales rep, and I was calling on grocery stores, and I was working these hundred-hour weeks, yeah, I would have run away from that. Easily, and it took me about four years to get literally just burned out on it. And then, fortunately, a supplier came to me, Sutter Home at the time, now Trincaro, came to me and said, "You know, we want you to come work for us." And I, this was the chance I was waiting for. And then I've held various supplier positions, and until until I was with the company that I am now, which is Constellation Brands, and you know, working in various roles because the company just kept buying out other companies, and we need you to sell spirits now. Now we need you to sell wine and spirits. Now I sell only fine wine. And it's great because I sell brands that people want. I sell brands that I almost have to just say, I can only let you have this much. It's not like really pushing mm. a brand. It's not really selling it. So I sell a brand called The Prisoner. And I don't have enough to make it from vintage to vintage. That's the problem I deal with. I don't have enough That's a good to problem, meet though. the demand. That's a very good problem to have. It's Imagine if you had something like that on Amazon where it's like right. your your worst nightmare is like, can I get enough? And you're just, you know, you're printing money with it, you know? So that was when it's like things started clicking. And, you know, it's like this is I, I really do enjoy what I do. And it got to the point where I looked at the other things that I was Well, doing. and that's where I was going to go because you were at that point. Fun. You were doing Scanner Monkey. You were right. doing FBA. And at that point, were you starting to do merch? Well, probably all three at that point? I, no. no. I, was, I was a late bloomer on merch. Okay, so then you were only doing Scanner Monkey, which only is a lot. I mean, it was a lot. Um, yeah. And, and FBA. And I was running the FBA business, right? Okay. 
Wow. Which, as you know, we all know can be time consuming if it's just you or maybe you and one other person. So at the time, it was just me and my son that were, you know, shopping and, and, and shipping and packing and all that. And, uh, you know, once, once he was gone, it was like, uh, this isn't fun for me anymore. And I, that's when I, you know, took a good hard look at, okay, what, what could I do around my full time job that doesn't require, you know, the, the, the shopping, looking for the clearance items or doing online arbitrage or, you know, researching wholesale items or whatever. And that's when merch came into my life. And I was, again, Chris Green was talking about this about a year oh, before yeah. I was Way finally back. taking him seriously, you know? <laughs> and I wish I had gone on when he's like, you need to get involved with this. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I have learned that lesson. When Chris Green talks about something, I sign up, even though I don't take action. I just yeah. sign up, so I'm in early. So I signed up for merch way back when he said it. Did nothing, but yeah, that is a lesson. Let it sit for like a year, yep. right? Whenever he says yeah. do, even if you don't get to it, because it really gives you an advantage. So oh, when, I, what was attractive? So so, you know, I'm just thinking about this because what I did hear you already say is that the things that you learned in FBA apply to your current business that that you know uh supply and demand that you know the ability right i mean you see there are correlations there clearly what about Certainly. with merch and fba i mean what do you think allowed you to get into merch and scale it i mean because you've got a pretty good scale but i mean what was it that you learned that you've been able to apply to a lifestyle business because you didn't give up on amazon you just found a piece of it that works for your works designed better, yeah. lifestyle Exactly. Well, with with Amazon FBA, it's uh, the the basic lesson I think for anybody. The ground floor of all of this is you have to maintain a high inventory. You can't make money unless you're just chock full of good inventory, and that requires you to spend money. So you have to spend money to make money, and to a certain extent, that's true with merch. But the 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 money you're spending is is for designers. If if you go that route, which is me, I'm not interested in learning Photoshop and learning how to design. That's just not my style. I'd rather just hire somebody who I know is going to be able to do in five minutes what it would probably take me three hours to do. Mm. So I'll just pay somebody you know that I find through Upwork or through Online Jobs PH who that's their life is designing and just give them a few designs a day, approve it. You know, slap it on Amazon and, and see what sells. And it's the same premise. It's, you know, the more inventory you have, the better chances you have of selling something. And the thing that really clicked for me was one interview I heard with Chris and Chris Green and Michael Essick. And that because I was getting frustrated at the start because it's, you, you know, you do merch too. It's yeah. a very slow beginning. And it's like, you know, you, it's, you start off getting a couple dozen shirts sold in the first few months. And that's really frustrating. You know, it's not like Amazon where you can send in a bunch of stuff and, you know, hey, if it sells well, you can in instant the first month, you, can, you yeah. can instantly make money. Exactly. So it's a, it's a longer play. That first play. hundred is painful to get that first hundred sales. Oh, oh my God, it took forever. It, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, like I said, I started late. I was in April 2017 and everybody else was already doing it for like a year or more. And it was the Wild West where you could slap up any old ugly design and it would sell. You know, now it's a little bit more competitive. You have to really know your stuff. You have to be able to pump out good designs, good quality designs and have good keyword research behind it. But those first few months are they're very frustrating. They're very challenging. And it's hard to kind of keep yourself motivated and until I listened to that interview. And Michael said, 
and I remember this to this day, he's like, if you get into the proper mindset that you will sell probably one to two of your of 10 shirts you are producing that you're creating, then it makes it easier. And that's the problem I was having. It's like, I got like, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 shirts up and I'm only selling like three of them or four or five or what have you. And once I heard that, I was like, okay, all right, then I'm fine. I'm where I should be. And I just need to continue to keep my head down and just grind through this. And I did. I just kept pumping in designs. If something wasn't selling, I'd take it down. I'd put in something new. I'd try to chase some trends here or there, but, you know, keep my eyes on the evergreen designs as well. And it just slowly built up. And to me, my saving grace was also listening to people like, you know, I really enjoyed Matt Carlett's interview with you. And he started talking about when he got his first big pop was like for, uh, I think it was for leap year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. And so it's like, that was for me when, when I got those sales, I realized, you know, Hey, I can do something with it. And I'm speaking like I'm Matt now, but the same thing for me when we hit the eclipse and I sold you know, hundreds of Eclipse shirts, I'm like, wow, this is great. If I can get on top of some other trends and, and, and ride that way while I'm also selling these other things and you're actually making money. Because the first few months when I was paying for designers, I'm losing money. I'm using all my royalties from my other businesses like CyberMonkey Deals and Scanner Society. I'm pumping that into my other business. And see, here's the thing. This is where my full-time job also comes in handy. I don't have to live off these you know, income streams, I have the ability to fall back on my full-time job, which I enjoy anyways, while I'm building this business. And so people that are like, hey, quit your job as soon as possible. I'm like, that's not a good idea. Ooh, all right. Well, let's <laughs> you know, just start Or at least there it's been my experience. No, I, I think you, you just made something that's really, I think we can dig a little deeper in, and I think it could use some clarification. However, Andy always says this about RA. If you're going to get into private label, don't stop doing RA. Use RA for your cash flow. Keep that cash flow coming in because you're going to need it because our, you know, PL is is a longer play, right? It takes a oh, long yeah, time absolutely. to get launched, right? Mm-hmm. But you're saying basically the same thing. Stay in your job and then keep testing the waters. Try FBA. Try RA. Try OA. Try private label. Try wholesale. Try merch. Try Kindle books and all the other stuff that Chris would tell you that, that are out right. there. And then see what flows. For me, this is my my personal, uh, what happened for us, is that when I started making so much money, it, it almost like took the relief off of work. It was like, yes. it was like a change for me. My, my whole attitude, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I liked what I did. I, I just, it, it almost gave me like permission to be like, ah, like both sides kind of gave. Is that kind of weird? Yeah. No, it's not weird at all. I completely relate to that. And, and you do make different decisions when you're under that financial pressure yeah. versus being able to relax a little bit, knowing that it's like, look, if this is a mistake, that's fine. A mistake is like, you know, I always say a mistake is like tuition. You're paying money, but you've learned something. You may have lost the money, but you learned a lesson. And now you know what you can do based off of that lesson that you've learned. Mm-hmm. You know? Dave Ramsey it's, would say, don't make fatal decisions, right? Don't make it right. – uh, uh, a live or die decision. Everything you do, if it's live or die, that's a bad plan because you, you know you only oh, have yeah. to lose once and you're dead, right? That's right. Not no, a good plan. Always have plan B. I'm a big plan B guy for sure. There's, 
Yeah, and, and that's why I'm a big believer in diversifying income streams. I mean, I have three other income streams besides my my full time job, and I'm working on a fourth one now. I, you know, I'm getting involved with Etsy. My I'm building up my niche store or niche store, <laughs> and uh, you know, let's see where that goes. And then this year, I'm going to look into KDP Kindle pl- uh, publishing as well because I have some good ideas for like wine journals and and things of that nature. So it's like you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Well, it, it, that's a good point. You're talking about doing things, and because I kind of know some of your products that used to sell FBA, it's related to stuff that you're into. Absolutely. And with merch, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm in the wine and spirits industry. What do you think one-third of the shirts that I sell? That's mm. their wine and spirits-based shirts because I'm in there. I am fully involved, and it's like – I'll give you an example. And I'm not I'm not giving away anything that is it's going to become a saturated niche because I said it on your interview. But there was a time uh, when I was working the field, and I was selling a Prosecco. I have Rafino as one of my brands, and I'm selling Prosecco. Mm, and Prosecco. one of my buyers like uh, – yeah, me, my wife. I that's pretty much all she drinks. Kara Reinerson, <laughs> she get me into prosecco. It's her fault. I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Very popular. And so I'm in this account, this retail account, and a guy is talking about prosecco pong, and I'm like, "What are you talking what? about? It's prosecco pong? It's like beer pong, but you play it with like these big champagne, plastic champagne glasses, and you throw a pink ball, like a pink ping pong ball, and and then whoever when you when you land it and people are drinking just like with beer beer pong, but it's called Prosecco Pong. And so I looked it up online and sure enough, Amazon had it and it was like selling like crazy. It was ranked under like 10,000. And I looked on merch and there was not a single Prosecco Pong shirt. Then I looked at the trademark. There was no trademark for Prosecco Pong, I think because it was just so new. So I was like, well, let me get in early on this. So I developed like 25 shirts it said you know prosecco pong it you know takes a lot of balls to play this game yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know or prosecco princess and it's got like a pink ball bouncing into a prosecco glass and those sold really well for a while now that trend has since come and gone but that is an instance of you know take advantage of wherever you are if you 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 know mm. don't think it's like oh my job is a time sucker this well, what do you do what is your job you know, it take advantage of the information, the inside information you have on that job and parlay it into making some shirts that very few people may know about or are designing at the time and 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 go with that. Oh, dude, so. I love it. I just think uh, now let me let me take a guess on Etsy. You would stay in that theme. Is that fair? Uh, well, I'm not actually I, it's part of my niche. Yes. OK, but I mean, but, it, logically. Here's what here's what I always say, right? You're in that world. You live and breathe it. You see the problems in that world. You you have challenges, and if you can solve those challenges, because you're not the only one having them, right? That's logical, right? Sure. I had a barbecue guy on who his best group of people, his best research team were the barbecuers because they would talk about the problems they have. His job was to fix it, and then he'd bring it to them. He'd get them to say, "Yeah, this is great, man. It would be great if it would do this too." And then mm-hmm. that, that became his whole, like, laboratory. And so yeah. as you're doing these things, I mean, every one of these things, like you said, even the Prosecco Pong, you learn something, and then you can – you also understand trends and understand what a trend is be, besides evergreen. I think that's a powerful uh, notation to take there. 
Um, Absolutely. And then there's the tangents that run off of your trends too. Okay, like I'm in the wine industry. Well, who do I deal with? Restaurateurs. Oh. I deal with chefs. I deal with foodies, people that are not only passionate about wine, but they're passionate about food. And I learn new food terms that I don't even know. You know, I thought, well, tell me what that means. I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And then I take that and I turn it into a shirt. And now I do a lot of chef shirts and sous chef shirts and because those are my customers. So it's like I'm always – I'm and people – what you don't realize is that, you know, it's not just – I love all the research tools that are out there. Neil Lassen is a friend of mine. Smart. And, oh, know, so good. Yeah. Oh, extremely smart. And, you know, so Merch Informer is a big part of what I do. But I'd say 50% of what I do is just me out in the world asking questions or looking – you know, I'm out at the mall with my daughter or something. I'm looking at other people's T-shirts, and you can find spot trends that way. Or you look at a design – uh, give you another example. Uh, my brother, he's uh, an amazing guitar player. He has like nine axes hanging in his uh, music room. He's got his own sound studio and everything. And uh, he had a shirt on one day that said, celebrate diversity. Again, I'm not, I'm not really giving out any secrets right now. This is a, uh, <laughs> a popular niche that is I mean, it's still doing well, but it's so saturated right now. It's not mm-hmm. something where I'd say, oh, you need to jump in on this. There's like 200, 300, 400 shirts that say that. But it had a bunch of guitars on it. So, you know, you see a Les Paul, a Gibson, and all these different yeah. kinds of guitars. Yeah. So I thought I could do that with wine. Red wine, white wine, rosé, uh, bubbly, champagne. So I created the very first Celebrate Diversity wine shirt. And my my biggest success also became my biggest frustration because – I just threw up one shirt. And this is when Ashley was working for me. Ashley Favors, who I know works for you as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's like, she Ashley. called me. She was like my assistant at the time. And she called me. She's like, you're not going to believe what this shirt is doing. And I get online and it's like 30 shirts in a day, 40 shirts in a day, 50 shirts in a day. I was like, holy shnikes. And I was like, I should have taken that and made like 50 other variations of it. No. Nah. I didn't even think about it. I just let it ride, and I was surfing that wave as long as I could until the copycats came in, and uh, then eroded the price. And I was selling it for like twenty bucks, and then it's like now, you know, it still sells because I was one of the first ones, but it's selling, you know, two to three a week versus forty, fifty a day because everybody else is in there. We split the pie up a little bit more, but. Uh, you know, again, it's like I just took an idea and remixed it. Well, yeah, you took it. You took two ideas and you merged them. You took an idea and merged it to something that you know so close. So, if right. I'm I'm in podcast world, I mean, it's a good example because I, I have some podcast shirts. I mean, it it's it's yeah. When you start thinking about so, if somebody came from the sales world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you take that? Let's just use the celebrate diversity into sales. Just generic. They sell potato chips. Would it be different? I guess you got to be careful of uh, you got well, but you can have pretzels. Chips, yeah, you can't put and yeah, candy, salt, right? Generic kind of salty snacks. Yeah, yeah, salty snacks. So, so yeah, thinking that way, salty snacks, you that, know, chocolate versus salt, or yeah. I mean, do you just now? I mean, is this hard to turn off sometimes? I mean, is your family like, oh. dude, turn it down a little bit? Well, you come on, buddy. Oh, they were just, like that with FBA too. It's like, yeah. are you ever going to shut up about this? He's like, you're talking way more about FBA than you are about wine because I used to be this total cork dork, and that's like, oh, and I'd go and talk to my wife about a new wine we had, or hey, this restaurant just opened up. And we need to go there. And, and it was just all about the, the restaurant world and the wine world. And now it's like everything becomes an idea for a shirt. And the funny thing is, you know where I get my best ideas for shirts? Kids. Hmm. 
They say the I, you know, I spent a lot of time with my daughter. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with my daughters and, you know, work my life around their schedules. And uh, a lot of times I walk my little one to the bus stop and like I'll see some girl wearing this little panda shirt. And I'm like, that's really cool. I was like, well, if you can make a shirt, what would you make? He's like, oh, I do a panda riding a unicorn. And, and I would mm. say besties underneath it. Or, and they have all these crazy ideas. And I'm like, OK, and then I'll come home and I'll make it. And then I'll put it online and I'm thinking, this isn't going to sell. Nope. It sells <laughs> and it becomes one of my best sellers for a while. So it's like, and it starts with, of course, the neighbor's mom going, Hey, I created this shirt. Your daughter gave me the idea. I'd like to buy you one because you know, it's, this is, is a thank you for your daughter for coming up with the idea. And then, you know, and then she'll buy another one for some other friends and then she'll leave a review or what I'm not asking. Oh, that's wrong. powerful. Yeah, I'm not doing anything illegal here, but it's like if she wants to leave a review, that's that's fine, you know. And and she paid for it; it's a verified purchase because that certainly means a lot more. And so you're just, buying the first shirt yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, to me, you know, what am I gonna? Okay, so let's let's take a look at it. This versus FBA. FBI used to sell liquid supplements, and I'd spend like a good twenty five, thirty on some of the brands, and you know, turn around sell them for like fifty or above. But, you know, you're investing that much every single time, and it's a lot of money. I mean, I used to lay out like 25 grand to do this. I'm buying a shirt at the cost because I, I put it up at the cost to begin with. So I put it up at like 12.95. You know, you're making a few pennies off of that. And I'll buy it at 12.95, and then I'll jack the price up to like 16.95, you know, after I buy the first couple. That's a very small investment. Like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, plus there's a proof of concept, right? If your daughter's wearing that shirt or her friend's wearing it and somebody's like, wow, that's an awesome shirt. I want one too. Oh, trend. Let me, let me go get, Mm. let me go get my dad. Oh, oh, you you want a, you want a shirt that has squirrels pulling Santa Claus on a sleigh? Okay. I did that too. And it sold. My wife does (laughs) that for one of Andy's wife's shirts. Uh, She saw his wife wearing a shirt. She's like, I want that. And she goes, Hey, it's my merch. She bought it. Now we're in New York City a couple of weeks ago, and everybody sees it, and it's like, I want that. She has a little thing with the, here, here's how you get it now. She, my wife is out there being the ambassador for Andy's wife, <laughs> selling these shirts. And I'm like, hello, you know, we yeah. have a merch account too. You should do it for us. But it's, it's the point is, is exactly what you're saying, is that all of a sudden people are like, wow, that's awesome. I'd like that too. And And it's great to be able to merge those worlds because, you know, everybody's like, oh, I I like Amazon because I can just put something. I don't have to deal with people and I don't have to get out there and sell it. I don't have to go door to door with. Why not? Why not just sell it to your friends? Why not talk to everybody about it? Why not wear the shirt yourself and just see what people think about it and or or even send an email? Or 13 bucks. How, How different does that make the relationship with your daughter? Because she, especially girls, I mean, this is such a powerful thing to do, is you're teaching her how to basically, you know, wait, effort gives me reward? Wait, what? And you can teach her a real-life example. How different is that conversation? It's, it's, it's really powerful. It's so impactful. And my daughter, uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you flat out, it's like I spend a lot of time with my family, but I do spend a lot of time with my family in my office. I have my own – when we bought this house that I'm in now, we bought this like two and a half years ago. This is kind of like our dream house. It's like let's get it now while the kids can really enjoy it. I don't want to buy a dream house when it's like you know, I'm about to retire Let's let's do something that, that make this the Kool-Aid house. So all the other kids want to come over and play and swim and, and you know, jump on the trampoline or whatever. I'm coming in that pool for those. And I want those uh, 
those hot pepper uh the jalapeno margaritas, jalapeno margaritas baby yeah I'm i'll be in that pool you watch all right go ahead sorry it, it all has to do with the amount of seeds you put in there the all seeds right. the key. Right. okay right. anyway so so anyway so like you know she'll come in here and then she'll hang i have a little couch in my office and she'll hang out and she'll play on her ipad and you know she'll look at youtube videos and then she'll like hey daddy why don't we do this? And then she'll give me an idea and I'll write it down. I was like, yeah, hey, that's good. Let's try that, you know, and then we'll try it. Sometimes it sells, you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, and, but she'll come in here and she's like, what, what did it do? Did we sell any yet? Yeah, like, see that oh, conversation? Oh, yeah. that's, but that's the deep. One, that one sold. And the one where the, oh. the squirrel's riding the unicorn, that one sold. Good job, baby. And it's like they're involved in it. Now, they're not actively doing any of it because she's still a little young to kind of grasp all this stuff and get online. But, I mean, eventually she will be. And then my other daughter who's in band, she gives me ideas for band and marching band and things like that. And, and then, you know, she's stunned when something sells. Like, really? That's sold? I was like, yeah. And then you also get to learn the slang too. Like I, I just learned the term weird flex, but okay. And I'm like, I didn't, I've never heard never that in heard my that life. For, all right. Something, uh, enlighten that's something me. teenagers say. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially, it's, I guess it's based off a YouTube video, which, you know, a lot of shirts are based off memes and, and popular YouTube videos or whatever's trending. But, uh, you know, I was like, well, what would you put on a shirt? He's like, why don't we do something with reindeers and say weird flex, but okay. And I'm like, well, what the heck does that mean? And she's like, well, you know, it's like a YouTube video. Some guy's like flexing and the other one's making fun of him. And he's like, all right, weird flex, but okay. And, and it just became like a saying for teenagers to each other when like one thought they were being impressive and the other one's like, whatever, you know, so just that's awesome. very bizarre stuff, you know, but, but yeah, that I'm takes you to a place. That's just on. awesome. I mean, to me, that is that's that's how the relationship becomes more than how was your day, good yeah. okay boom and then that's it yeah. that's the interaction. All right, I let's hate, talk about I this hate that conversation. By the way, yeah. I, I never ask that question. It's like tell me two interesting things about your day. Don't how was your day? Because that's always going to be Ooh, good or bad deeper. or whatever. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. All right, so let's go here because I think this is powerful. So the fact that you didn't leave your job, the fact that you didn't give up your career that you found your lane in. And, and mm -hmm. again, it's because you kind of gave yourself permission. You know what I mean? Your, your approach to it changed. And, and some mm -hmm. of it was because of the environment changed and that, and you got different responsibilities. When tragedy, did you think that we've got to be, I mean, was it your risk meter going off in the back? If you look back, mm -hmm. would you say that your risk meter kind of pushed you back to and then when tragedy struck, and we'll talk about tragedy in a second, you were in a good place, and then it was like, ooh, kind of, you know, if it's, you know, if you're religious or whatever, or karma or whatever, mm. do you feel like that? Do you know where I'm going? When when tragedy stuck, I was I was glad to have my full time job. Is that essentially what well, you're? I mean, it, and 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 perhaps one, because your risk meter said it wasn't right for me to leave. I'm staying with it for some reason. I don't know why. And mm. then when tragedy struck, you're like, aha. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely was glad that I've always made that decision to, to stay. Okay. There, there's always been moments of weakness. I, I, I won't lie to you. It's, there's been some times where it's like, you know, everybody has bad days at work. You know, everybody has bad. It's a four-letter word work. work sometimes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, I get it that. can be. And it's again, everybody sees the that says they want my job. They see only the the fun part of it, mm. the you know, the wine tastings and the dinners and the trips and all that. But they don't see, you know, grinding out the numbers and and working with you know, working with a rep, which would be 
a dream scenario for some people where you're going from restaurant to restaurant and you're selling wine. After a while, sometimes even that can be a grind. Mm. It's like, man, I have to be on today. I have to be kind of on my best behavior, professional. And even though this is, you know, in the background is, is fun, it also can be very stressful because it's like if I don't make the right impression on this person and they don't purchase the wine and, you know, I don't make my number at the end of the month, there's going to be consequences. So there's still that in my job, just like there is with anybody's sales job. Sales are sales. You have a number to hit. Some jobs may be easier than others for sales. Wine is a very competitive industry. Hmm. And so, you know, there's been days like that where it's like, wow, if I could just, you know, maybe quit this and just do my own thing and be on my own schedule. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on a I have a schedule. I have to be at certain places at certain times, but I've learned to integrate everything within that. And it was that's that was another light bulb for me. It's like, yeah, now I'm traveling all over. I drive to San Antonio, three hour drive, Austin, two and a half hour drive, spend a couple of days there. You take advantage of the windshield time. You know, listen well, to, you know, interviews, listen to your your podcast, listen to YouTube, listen to whatever, make phone calls or you know, get inspired, what have you. So you just learn to work. And that's why FBA, I had to walk away from it because I didn't have the time to actually go into stores. Something had to give. And that was, that was the thing that wasn't love. You weren't loving it like you did, but you got to answer my question though. Now tragedy strikes, Houston floods, your house is never going to flood. It's not been flooded in you know, the hundred year, fl- yeah, hundred, yeah, not you're safe. <laughs> We're in the hundred year floodplain, and we have the hundred year storm once, and it floods around my neighborhood. But my neighbor, my house doesn't get flooded. Right. Then a year later, Harvey hits, and uh, my house does get flooded. And you know, and it's I try to be the glass is half full kind of guy, in that hey, we had six inches, and you know that's terrible. Six inches of flood, you still have to rip up two feet of drywall over right. your, all over your house, rip up all the carpet. It's a pain in the ass. But I had neighbors that had three feet. So it's like, it could have been worse. Could have been that guy. I had neighbors that, you know, they weren't home when it happened. They were on vacation and all of their, you know, sentimental things, photo albums, all just gone. And so at least I was here to see the water starting to seep in the doors and I was able to lift furniture and put it up on bricks and, and you know, make sure that everything was ready to where it's like, okay, well, the damage is done, but I've at least minimized the damage and nothing really valuable, like keepsakes, are going to be destroyed as a result of this. But do you sit and think about, and maybe I'm making a connection where there is no connection, but the fact that you stayed in your job allowed you to weather that storm, better phrase, financially. Yeah. Uh, because if you had to pack boxes, and I'm, this is not meant to say that you shouldn't pack boxes. Don't get me wrong. I pack boxes. I'm in a warehouse. I, gotta, I pack boxes. But because for you made that choice for comfort, you didn't fail, right? Even though some would say you did. You didn't. And look at, for you, look at what it's been able to do. I guess, yeah. to me, so you still, you get the best of both worlds, even when, when the shit happens, right? Yeah, to me, yeah, that's a absolutely. powerful, powerful place to be. If you had to worry about selling this week, uh, inventory, you know, do you get what I mean? So, I mean, FBA yeah, I allows a lot of that. And I walked away from all my jobs. I mean, literally, I didn't work at the wine job either. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I worked for a company that was like, hey, we're here for you, whatever you need. You know, we'll pay for storage units if you need to, like, store furniture or boxes or what have you. 
you know, take as much time as you need to, can, you know, get the house fixed up. So there was a month there where my whole job was just, you know, walking around and, and working with contractors and working with, you know, God bless them, neighbors that came over to help me rip up carpet. I mean, I was just a carpenter demolishing my house for a few weeks. I didn't do merch. And at the time I wasn't doing FBA anyways. I, I had gotten, I went full in on merch. I walked away from FBA. So, but I didn't do that either because I didn't have the time. So I'm not uploading new shirts, which, you know, that's something you need to continue. Even if you have shirts that are selling, you need to always be uploading new shirts. You know, you never know when trends are going to stop or start or what have you. I walked away from that. I walked away from everything. My job was to take care of my family fix up my house. And at the time we had my, my father-in-law, my wife's dad, he lives uh, in assisted living a few blocks away. They had to evacuate all of them because they got flooded. So I had him upstairs. He's crippled. He can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. So I'm like taking care of him. My wife had broken her ankle. I mean, it was one of those things. And I mean, it's, it, I don't mean it this to be, you know, sound like a pun or anything, but when it rains, it pours. My wife broke her ankle. I had my crippled father-in-law staying here. I'm taking care of them. We had two new puppies that hadn't been housebroken. You know, we're in this flooded house. We're basically living upstairs. You know, we didn't do the hotel thing and I'm just, I'm doing this stuff. But if it wasn't for my full-time job, you know, circling back around to that, none of that would be possible. I mean, I would have to figure out a way to, you know, okay, I'm dead tired after working all day long, fixing up the house. But I still need to crank out like, you know, 30 designs on merch and I have to, you know, do this with my day job or whatever. But because of my day job being as supportive as they were, I, I didn't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing I had to worry about was the financial aspect of it, you know, paying for the contracts because I didn't have flood insurance. You know, we're on the 100-year flood plane. They told us, you don't need flood you know, insurance. Who needs ah. that? That's sad. You got, we had a flood last year, and it just went around the neighborhood. We were fine. We're up on a hill. You couldn't leave the neighborhood for like four days, but we're fine. Yeah, well. <laughs> this is important to me. This is why I wanted to have you on with this conversation, because I know there's somebody who's listening right now who's working full-time and probably miserable in their job mm -hmm. because they're only looking at the bad stuff. Because let's face it, that's the stuff that grinds at you every day, right? There's a, you right. don't leave a job for usually for one reason. It's a thousand little reasons, like, you know, little right. slashes, right? That's what kills you. However, if you sit back and you say, Hey, wait a second, that right there, what you just described, that company paying you for that period of time, allowing you to get through that. If you work for that company, even though there's a bunch of other problems, that probably erases a whole bunch of them. And sure. rather than adding the financial pressure, which is hard enough to add that risk to it, there's somebody listening right now who's probably trying to make that decision. And I just want them to make sure they take all that stuff into consideration because you can work two hours in the morning like I did. I'd come into my warehouse two hours in the morning, then I'd go to work. Mm -hmm. At lunch, I'd come to my warehouse and work, and then I'd go back to work. And then at night, yeah. I'd record my podcast at night from my house every single day, seven, well, five days a week, and then on the weekends, I work in the warehouse every day. You could right. do that for a while if the timing doesn't feel right. Don't let those pressures, don't go all in um, and make a, yet, a, a do or die decision. At least that's me, and quite frankly, that's you, Jay, right? It's, Absolutely. Right? And don't succumb to pressure because somebody else has yeah. you know, quit their job that they hate. I mean, everybody does it for different reasons. And honestly, I didn't get into e-commerce. I didn't get into Amazon FBA because I absolutely had to have more, you know, all this money and, you know, wanted to be a millionaire and wanted to quit my day job. I got into it because I needed some help with medical bills for my daughter. 
And that was the main reason I did it. I found the book from Chris Green and, you know, the, the, the FBA book from Chris Green and the rest is history. And then I got involved and I found I loved it. And it's like, well, this would be a nice second stream of income. And eventually I was thinking, well, I could possibly quit. But, you know, I went back and forth on that. And after a while, I just came to the, the decision that, no, I, I really don't want to quit my day job. If that makes me a tourist in your eyes, that's fine. I don't care if anybody says that about me. Yeah, you know, well, like- I think it's powerful, though. I mean, to me, again, as I sit back, it allowed you all that stuff you described, seeing Chris's arbitrage, retail arbitrage book and going through all that, all those experiences have allowed you to get to where you are now, which in the beginning of this call, we talked about how great your life is because you love what you do. You figured out you love what you do. You found the best place to do it in the on your terms, almost right. You almost designed yeah. right. You pushed for it for a while and now it's right. And then yet you still get to stay in this e-commerce world. To me, that's an amazing, amazing place. I mean, most people can't get there. It's all one or the other. And you're saying, no, it can be more than that. And to you me, that's the power. You can have your cake power. and eat it too, right? I love it. No, or you can have your wine and drink it too. <laughs> or you can oh, have your wine and drink it too, absolutely. It's a merch shirt. Merch shirt, yep. you already got it. You already got <laughs> let, me write, it. Wait, let me write it down. <laughs> did you do a cork dork shirt? Did you do that already? I have a cork dork shirt. You're God, right. so, I, I heard that and I'm thinking to myself, that's a good shirt. I'm like, he had one of those. And things. now I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a lot of good stuff on pop sockets too, man. Those things are starting to take off. Hmm. And, it, and it, it's one of those things where it's like, you. when I first got into merch, I thought, I don't know about this. And then, it, you know, you, you start getting your first successes and you're like, wow, this is this can really be something. And then pop sockets. And I'm like, how are we going to sell 14.99 pop sockets? And you look on on Amazon and there's like all these like $8, $7 pop sockets. How are we going to compete with that? And it's like, well, you know, I'm an early adopter. Let me throw up a couple hundred of these and see what happens. And then they start selling and it's like, wow, this is this is incredible. And then you just you go all in on that as well. And so, you know, wine pop sockets are doing well for me. Even it's just a picture. You know, I got one that's just pictures of corks, just a pile of corks, and that's like somebody's pop socket. So you just you just never know. You just got to keep trying stuff and, and uh, you know, get those little happy surprises and then just build on that, Dude, you know? I, I mean, again, I get inspired when I talk to people, and I, I get – I guess what I get is the – when I hear the – thrill in your voice. You know, I'm sure there was a point where you didn't have a thrill in your voice. When the tragedy struck, you didn't have a thrill in your voice. When you're going through stuff with your right foot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that. But now to hear that and still have you still excited about this business, this industry is very exciting to me. Okay. So um, I'll put your contact information. I already have it. And I'll put that in if somebody wants to follow up with you and they have questions. But let's do this. This is, I think this is where you, you uh, really shine. Let's give advice to somebody who's probably toiling with this decision right now. They're sitting back. They're stuck because they feel like their job is taking them nowhere, although it Mm -hmm. could be a catalyst, or they feel like they can't get unstuck from where they're at. What's what's your advice? Well, I mean, ultimately, people say you have to have a certain personality to, to do something, or you have to have a certain talent. And... I think you can develop both of those. I think you can develop a personality of tenacity, uh, and that's so important. You have to be able to you look at the bigger picture. You know, okay, you're in a job you hate, and you want to quit right away, but it's, it just doesn't make sense financially to do that. So you've got to figure out what hours can you work 
and set a goal for yourself, you know, whether like I, I keep a journal every day. I mean, and it, I may only write a few sentences here or there, but it's basically what I did. I'm a big proponent of the compound effect. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah, I've probably Darren read it Hardy. three times. Mm. Yeah, great stuff. And it's, it's true. You know, what he says, like, even if you can only devote an hour of your day, you know, or you get up an hour earlier or you you stay up two hours later. For me, it's I'm more of a night owl. So it's like when the kids go to bed, I'm in here from like, you know, 10 o'clock until midnight, some cases one or two in the morning. And I'm, you know, coming up with design ideas for shirts or or what have you. And, you know, I just I make it work and I say, OK, here's my goal. I need to be at um, thirty two hundred shirts within the next six months. And I say, what's that going to take? If they take down this many shirts a day, I need to, you know, because after a few, like it used to be after 90 days, they take your shirts down if it doesn't sell. And I was getting a few shirts saying, because my first designs were crap, let's be honest. It's like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, hey, this is a great design. Thanks. And, and it's like, no, that's not a good design at all. But anyway, so you set a goal. You say this many shirts come down a day. This means I have to put this many shirts up per day to hit 3,200. So why an arbitrary number like 3,200? Well, because that's 80% of 4,000, and I want to go, I want to go up a tier to 8,000 shirts. Mm. So that was my goal. So what is that going to take? Well, that's going to take about two to three hours a day. Where am I going to put in those hours? Is it going to be, you know, first thing in the morning, get up two hours early? No, that doesn't work for me. It's going to be two hours a night. I can do it then. All right. And then you write in your journal every day, I uploaded 40 shirts to get to my big goal. So you have to be, and you have to be, again, the tenacity comes in where you think to yourself, okay, I've got miserable days ahead, you know, with my job and then working late nights on my side hustle here or my side gig, side job, what have you. But in the end, this is all going to pay out. And it did. I had several months, several months where I couldn't get above like 200 sales. I'd say like my good, my first year was rarely above 200 shirts a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. The last three months I sold 5,000 shirts <laughs> and I made $11,000 in royalties last month. I made more money for the first time with my merch business than my day job and my other two streams of income combined in one month. So it's like, you've got to be patient while you build this stuff up. It is not an instant return. You've got to have that patience and you have to be willing to put in a couple hours a day. If, if your life doesn't permit you to do, you know, a couple of like a couple of hours, come on, everybody can find two hours in their day, you know, but you have to be willing to do that and and, you know, figure out a way to do it around your family time, around your your day job or what have you figure out a way to integrate it into your life. I, I get a lot of flack because I'm a big believer in multitasking. It's like, yeah, multitasking is just doing a lot of things poorly at the same time. But I always tell people there's different kinds of multitasking. To me, I do passive and active multitasking. And what that means is like when I'm driving two and a half hours, I'm doing something productive in the car, whether it's listening to, you know, how I can better research keywords on Merch Informer, like Neil does a lot of great videos on that, or I'm listening to, you know, your interviews and getting inspired from people like Matt Carlett, or I'm listening to an audio book uh, like Compound Effect or the one I just read uh, or one recently was called uh, 18 Minutes by Peter Bergman. Great book, great book. 
And uh, it's basically just how to get a lot done in a day, hmm. ultimately. So, like things like that, how can you incorporate it into your lifestyle? Like you, I mean, you you went you went to your warehouse at lunch, probably grabbed a quick sandwich or what have you, and you worked around lunchtime. You worked it into your. So you have to be willing to do those things. And uh, I know it's kind of passe to say, but it's like walk away from TV, walk away from listening to the radio or music in your car. Every spare moment you can give that it's not family time, quality time, or you know your day job, figure out a way to work that side gig until it becomes something. Well, My merch business is not an overnight success, and it's right now it's struggling because it's January. I'm like, man. So, but I look at that like, okay, instead of devoting all my time to merch, now I have some downtime when I'm not selling as many shirts and need to like reprice every day and make sure everything where it needs to be for Christmas. Let's build that Etsy store you've been promising yourself for six months now. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm building And it's up not at the cost of the other because right. – Yeah. Because the other ones – I mean the other one's not selling that much anyway. So it's like I don't right. need to pump in all kinds. So instead of my designers making merch shirts for me, they're making Etsy shirts for me. Because let's be honest. Etsy is a completely different marketplace yeah, right. than, than merch. So Dude, you uh, – I mean I, I just think what you said was so powerful again. Um and that $11,000 makes you breathe in your regular job so much more because it's you have a whole different pers- life perspective, and I just think it's so yeah. powerful. Okay. All right. I have his contact information out on this episode, um, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm so inspired. I'm so thankful um, for your story, and I, I just – I wish you and your family nothing but success this year. I know you're going to have it, but I wish continued success. Let me say it that way. Peace in your this life. is going to be a really good year. 2017, without a doubt, worst year of my life. Worst year of my life. But best year. Best year. Best year. And even though it was the worst year of my life, I still take away a lot from 2007. I still learned a lot in 2007. I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. I learned a lot about my family. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, it's it sucked. You know, it's like that book, you embrace the suck and yeah. you move forward. Well, 2019 you know? is going to suck less. Boom. It, it will definitely suck less. There's another shirt. 2019 shirt. will suck less. Peace. <laughs> Take care. Thanks a lot. And he's such a great guy, such a such a wonderful dad. I mean, that's why I always look at people with their kids, and he is just, just has such great uh, perspective of the relationship with his family. And it just, it's just so awesome. Um, I also love the story. I mean, I, I love a story, but I love his story because his, you know, let's just face it, his description of, the the wine and then um, and then finding the shirts that match that because he loves it or his description of uh, using um, uh, other other terms and then applying them to something you love that's perspective because he loves it that's what I love about his story and to me I think if you start loving what you do instead of running away from what you do your whole life could change and then maybe your health can change and then you have more energy and eventually your whole world improves. So that's it. Reach out to me if I can help you in any way. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.